Good evening, good evening, good evening. Let's get into another KG, Fifth Ward, Wildcat, and Doc podcast. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Today is a good day. I'm fired up. I almost growled with you. Okay, well, why are y'all fired up? Well, like I said, today was a good day. Health-wise, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm Had some inquiries, had some inquiries, had some inquiries. That is good news. For me, it was a great lecturing day. I had a great discourse with my students, so I'm fired about that. And it's been a while that I had the chance to talk with the listeners, so I'm excited to be back on the mic with you all and the listeners. And the fact, as we've been promising, it seems like forever, we have T-shirts. Yes, Correct. we do. Correct. Yes, we do. Yes, we do, and we are happy, folks, fans. Get your t-shirts to support us, and uh, you can go to the Houston Round Ball Review. Well, let's not hold, hold well, on. still waiting on that? Working on that, I should say. Yeah, it'll take me a while to, uh, you know, yeah. I need time to do it. Put it on put it on uh, the Round Ball Review website, HoustonRoundBallReview.com. Well, it's, it's coming. All I'm saying is so, they can go. They can look yeah. for it. It will be there. So it will be there, but, you know, by, who knows? By the time I get up there, it might, yeah, might be gone. So, <laughs> so uh, I have three people who are regular listeners already have made their orders, pre-orders, you know, shall we say, I have in, two. in the business. I have two listeners that uh, have pre-ordered their shirts as well. So, so at least they can send you an email. Right, so, so they can. Because uh, they're going fast. They, they are going fast. So maybe hit us up on Twitter. We can each give us give out our Twitter names, Twitter accounts, or go to my website, HoustonRoundBarView.com, and you, you know, my email's on there, or just go to uh, the KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc Facebook page and hit us up there. So we got different ways for you to contact us, interact with us. If you want to order a shirt, and we can uh, put it in the mail and get it out to you, or if we you see us around town, we can give it to you in person. You know, make that deluxe lovely uh, exchange f- uh, for goods and services. So so that's good. Thank Doc for getting that, for taking care of that. And, uh, no problem. It's my pleasure. It's happy. So we promised it. We uh, delivered. Took a little longer than maybe some of us had wanted, but we got it done. So this is the first batch, first order of hopefully many more to come. So we get these sold out that will have some more and we'll just go from there for the KG Fifth Quarter Wildcat and Doc podcast. Should we ex- describe how it looks? Doc, you want to have the honors of how it looks? Um, sure. I think I can give a great visual a representation of how it looks. If you saw or have seen, I should say, um, our logo that comes with our podcast, it's pretty much that logo, which is the state of Texas outlined, if you would, with the state of Texas flag inserted inside it. And so that's the red, white, and blue um, with the carved out white star there. And then at the top, you have KG, Cliff Ward, Wildcat, and Doc Podcast, the name of the show. And then we have a slogan curving under the Texas um, as well. So it's really nice. And the slogan is? But you forgot. It was your idea. Yeah, I added a touch to it. So, The overtime coverage of your favorite sports. 
It's a nice shirt. Look at that. Oh, and let everybody know who who made the shirts. Right. Ramon made the shirts. Cultural, Cultural concepts. concepts. They do t-shirts. T- They're very good, and they've been doing it for a while. Uh, they give you a great deal, and um, it's a family-run business. And so I would suggest if you have opportunity, to definitely support them. Uh, and again, you can go through us, or you can Google up Cultural Concepts and go directly to them. And I probably, you know, since we are kind of savvy in social media, take a picture of it and put it on my Instagram account at Houston Round Bar Review so y'all can see it and and place your orders that way as well. So Correct. different ways to And also get inside the Texas it has a football, a basketball and a baseball just to symbolize yes. some of the sports that we talk about. Probably the most popular sports that we talk about. So that's well done. So look for that later on this evening. I'll have it on Thank my you. Instagram account. And Doc you have you can put on yours as well if you want to do that. So what's yes. your what's your account? THG-agency.com is the website, and we're working on being able to get the opportunity for you to purchase merchandise on there, which would include the shirt. And then, obviously, Twitter account is Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L, and I should say social media platform, because I'm not only on Twitter, but Facebook, as well as Instagram. So, D-R-K-E-N. Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L and work to get some pictures for you uh, with some with the shirts and get them online so definitely would love to celebrate you picking up your shirts and Wildcat just for giving out our social media info chime on in sir you can find the uh, shirts I'll be taking a uh, phone photo uh, here shortly and we'll be posting uh, on my Twitter and my Facebook account at JL Woodley One, Jerry L Woodley Jr. Uh, I, I will have it up uh, before we finish out tonight. And uh, as you can, you can contact all my my uh, followers and all on Twitter and all my friends on Facebook. Uh, we've talked, it's been mentioned, now it's time to step up to the plate and support KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc Podcast. Gentlemen, it's been announced this evening, the uh, All-Star Reserves for the NBA's upcoming All-Star Game. Uh, just tweeted, retweeted a tidbit that this is the first time since 1997 that neither Tim Duncan nor Dirk Nowitzki will be in the All-Star game. Wow. Now, that's that's a shock. So... Is that much difference between what they've been doing and, and what else is out there? I'm going to ask it just like that. Especially what Tim Duncan is concerned. Yeah. They don't deserve to be on the team. One other old man got voted in. He shouldn't be on the team either. That's Kobe Bryant. But uh, here are here's the All-Star team. And he's a starter, right? It's a yes. fans vote. It's a fans vote. So they're sending him off, you know, in style. In I style. have no problem with it. So, you, you know, and let the fans vote. You get the results like Kobe being a starter. And you get uh, Zaza Pachulia being f- fourth in the fan vote in the front court position. And so that tells you how fans vote, who they want to vote for. So you get results <laughs> like that. Here we go. Draymond Green and Klay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors headlined the list of 14 players selected by the NBA's head coaches as reserves 
for the 2016 NBA All-Star Game. So the game will be on Valentine's night on TNT, 7 p.m. our time in Toronto. Uh, Along with Green and Thompson, the other West Reserves are Marcus Aldridge of the Spurs, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins of the Sacramento Kings, the Unibrow, Anthony Davis, some dude goes by the nickname The Beard, James Harden of the Rockets, and he Chris Paul it? of the Clippers. Yeah. Why wouldn't you make it? He should have. 30 points, 6 and 5. I mean, you can talk about his lack of defense all you want to. He's the reason why Rockets have a winning record that they do have. It's because of James Harden. That's correct. The Eastern Conference Reserves, Chris Bosch of the Heat, Jimmy Butler from Tomball, and the Chicago Bulls. DeMar DeRozan of the Raptors, Andre Drummond of the Detroit Pistons. He can make free throws. He can do almost anything else. Yeah. Paul Millsap of the Hawks, Isaiah Thomas of the Celtics, wow. and John Wall of the Wizards. Those reserves will play along with the starters who were announced last week. And the starters for the East were Carmelo Anthony, Paul George of the Pacers, LeBron James of the Cavaliers, Kyle Lowry of the Raptors, and Dwayne Wade of the Heat. In the West starters, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, uh, let's see, Kawhi Leonard of the Spurs, and Russell Westbrook from OKC. So there's your East and West All-Stars. I mentioned the two old men who, who were not in <laughs> Tim Duncan and Dirk Nowitzki. No part the team. He'll, no, no, he'll be in the uh, particip- participating in the, I guess you want to call it the USA versus the world, oh. a game featuring the youngsters, which I have a problem with. But I, in one sense, I don't have a problem with because it's the NBA marketing their global brand. But another issue is they left off some some young men who, if this is a rookie sophomore format, uh-huh. would be in the game. So, Like whom? Let's see. uh Young man from the Knicks, Langston Galloway, guard. Young man from the Pistons, Stanley Johnson. Both of those guys are deserving to be on, be in the, the old rookie versus sophomore challenge. But it's a new format, new things, and apparently there's word that there may be a big man skills challenge, in, in the all part of the All Star festivities in that February. So, that should be interesting. That, that will be interesting because I don't know. I still don't understand. I know this is a huge side note and we won't stay on it, but why baseball won't do a baseball challenge? Don't get it. Don't worry about it. They're too stuck in their old ways. Yeah, there you go. You said it right there because it's baseball. <laughs> hey, so, yeah. I mean, and they're not attempting to go to a younger audience. That, that's, that's, the, that's why they're where they are right now. But, yeah, let me pull up real quick here the Rising Stars Challenge lineup. For the U.S. team, it's the U.S. versus the world. We got Jordan Clarkson for the Lakers. Okay, recognize him? No. Mm-hmm. Rodney Hood for Utah. <laughs> Zach Levine for the Timberwolves. Okay. Nerlens Noel for the Sixers. Okay. Jaleel Okafor for the Sixers. Okay. Jabari Parker for the Bucks. Okay. Alfred Payton of the Magic. Yes. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell of the Lakers, <laughs> yes. Marcus Smart of the Celtics, and Carl Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves. You heard me. The world team. I'm sure I'm going to mess up some of these n- names, so I apologize, gentlemen. As long as you get Porzingis correctly, I'm, I'm cool. Boyan Bogdanovich <laughs> of the Nets, Rockets' own Clint Capella, Mario Hazonia with the Magic, 
Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets. He's doing pretty well. Yeah. Nikola Miritich of the Bulls. Emmanuel Moutier of the Nuggets. Raul Neto of the Jazz. Chris Thots Porzingis. Porzingis. Of the Knicks. Hey. Dwight Powell of the Mavericks. And, of course, Andrew Wiggins of the Timberwolves. I still remember that. They, and they showed it every now and then uh, on uh, uh, NBA Channel. Uh, Porzingis uh, draft day. <laughs> Who? What? A lot of people screaming it hot in that day. They now still work because they were living in the past and, and uh, making, they were making assumptions jokes. and you know they, they, folks were, pre, prejudging. Despite uh, more and more basketball folks saying that hey. he had skills, and I said on the, one of these podcasts that he was not like the, the other old, folks, yeah, old school European. Exactly. <laughs> so I, you know, it's proved. I got that one right. <laughs> so that's good. So there you go. The All Star and NBA taking off the week. You know, does it, right. it's not just. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then back to games on Tuesday. They're taking off more time to give the players uh, more of a rest, and the, especially the participants, to have more time to even spend time with family, you know, then get back to the teams and begin resuming playing basketball. Was, after was, I like that, was uh, that uh, uh, that's two years? This is the second year of that. Okay, so was that put into the new CBA or just the league just made a decision to kind of like uh, the coaches? Uh, no, no. LeBron told Adam Silver, get this done, and got it done. So it happened last year. <laughs> Interesting. LeBron is a bad man. Y'all don't want Dave, Dave Blatt, Dave Blatt of Greece. <laughs> but you know what though? I don't, I don't take it the same way that most folks are looking at that because he's not the first that that and made us no won't last. be the last that that spoke up and said we need a change. And it's been it's, well, he didn't he didn't technically say we need a change publicly. He went to. He says he didn't. Okay. Well, somebody went. I put. It, I'm, I'm gonna just go with the third person in our, our group, broad, broad basic. Somebody went and made a, a and and had a meeting, and said a change needed to be made, in reference, especially, and that happened right after the, what thirty or thirty four point loss to, drubbing to Golden State. Yeah, but was it a panic move? They got the best record in the East. Now, I, I don't know if it was a panic move or whether it was leading up to something, you know, down the road, and they just made a move right after that. I think there was some major concerns um, with what took place. And I know it was early, regular season, but hey. you're playing for keeps in Cleveland. You're trying See, to get a championship. Yeah, you're yes, overpaying different players expectations. in a lot of ways. You cannot lose to the two front runners in the West. And especially the yeah. way they lost. Not right now, that's, that, that's true. Now. That's they were literally funked. And I could argue against uh, at home uh, against Golden State, they were embarrassed. Yeah, yeah, in front of everybody. I mean, that was. At some point, you have to make a tough decision. You're not able to motivate the players. And I'm like you, I'm not sure how much of this is on. LeBron, I'm not sure if I'm even mad or I guess I'm quite indifferent whether he actually made the call or just emanated that it needed to be done. I really don't care. At, at the end of the day, there was a problem. There was a major problem and something that had to be done. Now I think it becomes really interesting now because we find out how much of it is really the way the team is put together, which a lot of that had LeBron James support, or is it really about the coaching? If you read some of the articles that are out there, which is really all over the place, not only was it LeBron, it was other players and some of the more prominent other players on the teams 
that had major problem with him uh, suggesting that he would get lost in plays in terms of at the timeout yeah. and that he really didn't have you know the trust of his players in regards to what was going on. How much of is that is more of a philosophical framework that he was not of the NBA? Or how much of that was the standpoint that he just wasn't getting it done? I'm not sure, uh, but I really don't have a major problem with this. He didn't have the respect of the players. From day one? That's basically what it comes down to. He, you know, depending on the NBA circles. I think there was questions coming in because he was an NBA guy. But I think he had a chance to win them. And he never really did that. And one of the things that has come out, you know, it depends on if you yeah. believe it or not, is that he did not hold LeBron accountable like he did the rest of the players. So you ask certain oh. certain guys to do X, Y, Z, and then not LeBron. And naturally that's going to rub certain folks the wrong way. And then Tyron Lue, you know, within minutes of taking over, Basically he said. says, point blank, we're not in shape. We're not in good enough shape, and that includes LeBron. We're not in good enough shape to play the style of play that we want to play, that I want to play, and that I think helps us win our games. So the, right off the bat, he called out and challenged LeBron to get in better shape. So superstars, mega stars, are divas. Yeah. You know, but they also, most of them, the majority of them, want to be coached. Yes. Want to be told, you know, and ways to make the them better. And I agree. And that's the, the bottom line that you're talking <clears throat> about is the fact – at the end of the day, and as an official, those that have watched cover sports, what players want to know, and this is really at any level, is when they have a coach, can you make me better? Outside of that, you can start going down the list in terms of some type of level of mutual respect. But really what they're getting into the point is, can you make me better? If you can make a person better, they'll deal with a lot of Yep, and that's true. Other issues you have. That's true. It's it's an old saying, I'll follow you, but you better lead me somewhere. And if you can't lead me somewhere, I'm not going to follow you. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. And I think that's what a lot of this was about. Wildcat, are you going to be at Sharp Gym Saturday for Retro Night? No, I am not. Uh, I will be at Toyota Center on on Saturday night. Oh, Rockets and the Wizards. Maybe the Wallace. Beulahs, uh, but Wizards, with the Rockets I, I, and the Wizards. Now that you've mentioned my weekend tomorrow, I just mentioned the dot since I've got time and I I've need to see some, some high school games. I'll be going to Barnett to watch four HISD games. Two women, two girls, and two boys is games. That, is that a good thing? Yes, because I need I need to see. Of the talent <laughs> or lack thereof? <laughs> Both. <laughs> You know, just, just be honest. You know. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Now, the only thing bad is that Wheatley plays at, at uh, in the middle of the day on Saturday, but I, I've got a, an event to, to do uh, at the uh, uh, at, at Toyota Center. But I'm interested in to see what's going on this late uh, in the second go-round, second half of the district play, uh, how things are going in HISD. And on next week, I'm going out to Decaney to see that boys play. Uh and I'm in. I'm looking. I'm supposed to be in for a treat, from what I what I've been told. And uh, I have a person that keeps me up to what's going on at, at Yates. Well, I look. I look forward to your oh, feedback yeah. and your what you see 
in our next podcast. Wildcat and Doc, HBU Coach Cottrell's HBU Huskies men's basketball team are tied with Stephen F. Austin and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. A&M Corpus Christi is coached by who? That Willis, that the WWE guy. Yeah, Willis, Willis Wilson. T, Willis T. Wilson. Yeah, all three of them are tied for first in the Southland Conference mm. at seven and zero. Yeah, Doc, we only have two teams in this in this in this city right now that's kicking butt, as folks <laughs> say, and, and, they, and, they, and, and taking names, and they they, they get the, getting some things done. And yeah, the, they are. Let's be honest now. Are hosting Sam Houston State Saturday night, and they're having retro night. You can go to. HPHuskies.com for a little more info or even my uh, Facebook page or Twitter as well. Follow them. But fans are asked to join HBU in wearing their, this is from the website, from the release, in wearing their flyest threads to Sharp Gym. Saturday <laughs> game took off at 7 o'clock. That's a nice touch. I like that. The HBU women are playing the 4 o'clock game, so I, I hope Retro Night extends to them as well. So It had better. I know that uh, if, um, <laughs> if the person that normally has those 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 events, those ancillaries, he had better be on his job. Because if not, I will blast him. Well, you let and us know about that, too. He'll, he'll know myself and one other person will jump all over his butt if he doesn't get that done. So you so you let us know. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Uh, the HB women are coming off a uh, 77-60 loss Wednesday night to, uh, I guess, is the best team in Southland, Abilene Christian. Yes. They're it's eight, interesting. They're 8-0 in the Southland Conference and 17-2 and overall. Speaking of Abilene Christian, the HBU is three and five in conference and eight and ten overall. So, Doc, well, let me just talk about this. Then we get into TSU and talk about Coach Rim and Prairie View at Prairie View no longer. Um, last night at Hawfines, U of H men, Coach Kelvin Sampton's men's team, changed the lineup, broke uh, the losing streak, four game losing streak, and snapped Tulsa's five game winning streak. I have a game right up on. My blog, as well as HoustonRumbleRview.com, VHRR.com. Kudos to Galen Robinson, Jr., a winner of the Guy B. Lewis Award. Yep. And we are in the process, if I may just take a little Go ahead, because it's about that time. So we're, we're in the process of updating the website and announcing our watch list and things like that and finalizing that for everybody. Um, and we're having the award ceremony in March, uh, Thursday night before Thursday night before the semifinals. The Final Four, which of course is in Houston uh, this year. So, looking forward to that. I'll get more information on that the closer we get to it. But Galen Robinson Jr. scored 19 points last night, leading the Cougars to an 81 66 win over Tulsa. The game was only, was close as that 15 point margin because U of A's made it close. But being sloppy in a right. few, few points of the game, they led by as much as 24 points. Tulsa couldn't make a bucket. If they were standing by the bucket, I mean, they were, they made, they were like three for twenty six from a three point line. It's been a long time since I've seen a team shoot so poorly from the outside like they did last night. But U of H pushed tempo, and that's one thing Kevin Sampson told the media during his post game press conference. They made a point watching film after the bad loss they had Saturday at home to USF that they need to push the pace and force tempo. They're not a good team. They're not as good playing slow. So they made a concerted effort Wednesday night to be much more aggressive in pushing tempo, and it worked out. So that's good, and they'll bounce. They go on the road Saturday morning, ESPN News, 11 a.m. tip-off, playing East Carolina. East Carolina, this shows you how, I guess it's parody, depending on your perspective, East Carolina beat Temple. 
Here's what it is. Last night, East Carolina's beat Memphis twice. Temple lost, got blasted by U of H in Philly, about 27 points. But what did Temple do over the weekend? Temple beat SMU. Ended SMU's undefeated season by winning their home game. So you can say it's parody. What I call it is not many teams good enough to make the NCAA tournament. That's what I call it. So, wow. Matter of because fact. SMU is, is, is ineligible to go to the tournament. Right. So we're it's already being bandied about in basketball circles. Who's going to make the NCAA tournament from the men's side of the American Athletic Conference? And SMU is not eligible for correct, they're the not, uh, tournament. Correct. Either, right? they're, they, so they can't go. Not the NCAA nor the correct. conference. They won't be in conference. They're not doing, the American not doing a swack. They're not going to allow SMU to play in the conference tournament, win it, and then not go. So, no, that, that's been nipped in the bud right there. But, yeah, so we got UConn 4-2 in conference, Cincinnati, Tulsa, and Temple 5-3, and Memphis, UCF at 4-3, and and then U of H at 4-4. Four four. So that is, of the teams eligible, seven teams at 500 or better in conference. And RPI-wise, I discussed before, and that's, that's not great. So <laughs> ESPN's uh, bracketologist, at last I saw had three teams from the conference going in. Ain't going to happen. And majority of my buddies are like, no way in hell that's going to happen. So we shall see how it all plays out. But I did see someone last night at Hoffines. He's much more refreshed and at ease. And that's Coach Byron Rim. Yeah, he did tell me he was going by that. So he stopped by Hoffines last night. I spoke to him a little bit, and he says he's just a load off his mind. He, he feels just, <laughs> he just feels relaxed. You know, and you that know, happens. He, res- he, he, that, he that resigned happens. at Prairie View. Uh, Doc told me about it. He made a Facebook post. And then I think I was, that was like 1 o'clock in the morning, I think. Yes. And then I was later around 11 o'clock. Uh, Prairie View made it, put out an official press release that uh, Coach Rim had stepped down. But – it's a, it was a tough year for PV. Got one win. Still not sure how to beat Southern for that one win. Because that's the one win of the whole season. And, and Southern is what in, in the swag? Um, they have like two losses. They lost to Texas, so they so have maybe 62. Played so the they lost, so lost the first two. half. TSU and PV. But you got to ruin in preseason. They had huge wins. Exactly. So it wasn't necessarily um, an upset that they lost to Texas Southern. Oh, no. But, but the way they lost to Texas Southern concerned a lot of people, and it looked like they didn't get over it when they went to Prairie View. So they actually went 0 for 2 in Texas, but they rolled off six up straight games, so they're playing very good bas- basketball now. And as you alluded to in reference to Coach uh, Byron Rim in terms of him resigning, which came out late Tuesday night, and the release came out uh, officially on Wednesday, Shocking a lot of people, but I had heard insights that there were some major concerns uh, about the program. And the reason he was talking about a load off him is that he's been going through some health, uh, personal issues that I won't get into that are not too disturbing. But it's difficult uh, fighting that. And then when you're having the records you are having, no extension on your contract going year to year. And you're not having a very good uh, year, obviously, with one win on the season. Um, it's just not going to do well for your health. With people really not wanting to hear it. I mean, that's where we are with sports in the world today. Um, they want to win. If you can't do it, they ask you to move out the way. 
So I think he did it appropriate way when everything was said and done. I think Prairie View handled it very well uh, moving on and we'll see what this means. Uh, obviously you have interest in the job with all the construction going on with the football field and also what they're planning to do with the uh, basketball. Eventually they updated the arena in terms of putting chair backs in there so it's really nice. Uh, a very good gym and obviously in the state of Texas you can recruit some great players and with the educational programs at Prairie View you can recruit nationally as well and among JUCO colleges. So it'll be interesting to see where that program is going from the standpoint. Uh, but while I'm on the SWAC outside of RIM, um, the news that came out shocking a lot of people uh, about him moving on and going in a different direction is this was a big week in the SWAC uh, as you had a lot of games being played. You're starting to see teams separate. This is the basically the midpoint mark for the conference. Officially, it'll be next week, but one week out uh, before you get into the second half and have the last five weeks of the 10-week uh, season. You have Alabama State and Alabama A&M still struggling, surprising a lot of people based on particular Alabama A&M having four seniors that a lot of people thought with. Um, we're going to really make a statement, including Gibbs, the uh, preseason player of the year. And they just haven't played well. Um, so that's going to be a struggle. And then they got even some more challenging news with Alabama and m when the NCAA essentially gave them the same penalty that we heard about. And they don't want to use the word penalty, but the same uh, information that they had with Southern, meaning that all their sports are ineligible because the data that they sent up to review for APR is termed by the NCAA, and this is the term they use, is not usable, that they haven't sent usable data. And this is essentially coming from 11, 12, 12, 13, 13, 14 academic years. So they need to get that taken care of as soon as possible, and we'll keep you updated and followed about that news. But back to on the court with Alabama A&M, they actually lost to the surprise team uh, as of course, State the Braves are playing a really good basketball, 5-2 and two in the conference, 7-11 overall. They're rolling, and so they're tied with Southern, and Southern uh, defeated uh, their road warrior, which is the Alabama State side, 73-69. So you're starting to see some teams get it done in terms of this. I'd like to get back to Prairie View and talk about the last three losses and just how the season can go for a team. They had the road trip against Jackson State, literally last lost on the last seconds, two points. They come home, have a lead, four seconds, or at least less than 11 seconds in the game. They score, Pine Bluff gets the ball, scores, ties up the game with four seconds left, no big deal. You think you're going to overtime, maybe you get a desperate shot. They call a timeout. Prairie View has no more timeouts. That is a technical. By the rules, as appropriately called, Pine Bluff goes to the line, hits the shot. The game is essentially over. They lose. Come back against Valley. They're winning for most of the game. Valley makes a push late in the game, goes up, finds a way to win on the last second shot, essentially. And so they go down to Valley. So he loses three straight games. Obviously, the big picture, he's 1 17, 1 5 in the conference race. So, um, 
they were trending in that direction. But he still had the players playing hard, uh, had some injuries, but it just wasn't enough to secure his job moving forward with everything going on, and he decides to exit the building. Jackson State, 5-2, and two, sitting right there with Southern, as well as Alcorn, uh, jumped on Grambling State. They had a little momentum sitting at 3-4 and four in the conference, but they've come back to level, which is still better than what people's expectation was of the Tigers. So they should get some good credit there. They won the game 60-45. to 45, So we'll see some interesting matchups coming this week to see just where Gremlin uh, is. Texas Southern uh, is just beating people by double digits. They had one close game at home, and they really drew people at home, but they're getting it done. They defeated Mississippi Valley State 75-60 to 60, as they are just dominating the conference race uh, as it goes this way. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on there. So with that, uh, let me jump into Monday and give you a little update and, and speed this up a bit so we can jump to the MEAC, which was intriguing because I actually saw pictures of what everybody from this area probably has forgotten. The, the uh, snow blizzard that happened up there that wrecked havoc over games being played and really has turned things upside down in the MEAC. So we'll get in that a little bit. But let me give you last updates on Monday to close out this particular weekend with Southern winning 73-52. Uh, Texas Southern was 78 over Arkansas Pondler, 49. I'm not sure if the game was that close. Mississippi Valley State, 76 over Prairie View, 73. We just told you uh, Isaac Williams scoring 19 to help push Mississippi Valley State to beat Prairie View, which ended up being Rim's last game, and it was a home game for Rim. Alcorn State defeated Alabama State 77-72. That's on the men's side. On the women's side, uh, the team that was close to Texas Southern was Southern. They suffered their second loss to Alabama State. If you recall, Alabama State defeated Southern, the Lady Jaguars, in the tournament last year. So this has become a bit of a rival. It goes back and forth with these two coaches and the teams. And they went down. This game was in Baton Rouge. So that was a big win from Alabama State, setting them up to get, put themselves right uh, behind in uh, that second place thing, which gives um, now Texas Southern a two-game lead over the teams with two losses sitting in second place. Particularly what's the interest of that is they actually have the head-to-head -head win over Southern. So now they take that road trip with Prairie View and Texas Southern going to Alabama so they get a chance to do the same. So I think that Texas Southern and Alabama State game this weekend should be interesting one to follow to keep your eyes on, particularly on the women's side. I'm not sure if we'll have any major upsets on the men's side, but that's something to keep your eyes on. Quickly, let's jump to the MEAC and give you some updates on what took place there. As I said, I have a friend that keeps me updated on the East Coast when I can't get in there and get straight things done. He sent me a picture of really what was taking place, of the weather, and you had the drifts and the snow. Some of y'all have seen it in the news, but it's amazing to get pictures and see it with all the snow just covering it counseled pretty much all but two of the games for the MEAC this past weekend. And so they've been rushing to try to get games in basically all week, which was, has been interesting to kind of watch when you talk about the fact of getting those games in, if you would. Updates from Saturday. Maryland Eastern Shore did defeat Bethune-Cookman. They were able to get that game. That was a 74-72 nail-biting game. Very big. Dominique Elliott. Scored 18 points and grabbed 10 rebounds for a double-double he had. 
Um, really nice game for them. Hampton is starting to show up. They were undefeated, as you know, Texas Southern as well, 75-52. But I will tell you how that changed on Monday. Quentin Chivas continues to get it done for Hampton, 26 points and 16 rebounds as he gets his double-double. And he added five assists to show out a little bit in terms of what is taking place there. Again, you had some makeup games, so that took place all on Monday. You had the traditional games played then, where you had South Carolina State bringing the hammer against Hampton and giving Hampton their first loss of the season. And South Carolina State defeated Hampton. Now Hampton is 7-1 and South Carolina 6-2, respectively. The score of the game was 67-62. Big time shot by Ty Solomon hit a late three to really separate that game, but give credit to Eric Eves scoring 18 points in that contest for a big-time win with the South Carolina State Bulldogs getting it done. Another score and update, Delaware State with a big win, their first conference win, defeating North Carolina A&T, the Aggies, 57-55. They get it done at home, defeating those Aggies who were trying to climb up the race. They're sitting at 2-5, struggling this year. Another team that's really quiet, that's getting a lot of things done, surprising a lot of people, Norfolk State Spartans. I'm going to have to give you all a couple more updates on what's going on there because this is just really surprising a lot of people. In fact, they have the largest margin of victories in their conference game. I think that one loss earlier kind of surprised some people and kept people quiet, and now you're starting to see just how talented they are. They defeated Savannah State 92-73. to And the thing about Savannah State, they really like to slow the game up. So for them to put up 92 points on Savannah State tells you just how well they can score the bucket. Because usually you can't put those kind of points. Oliver in that contest, and that's Charles Oliver I talked about, tied a career high with six three-pointers and scored 25 points to lead the Norfolk State Spartans. Big-time game by big-time players. Keep your eyes on the Spartans as they're hungry. They want to get back to the tournament, and they've been kind of left out of the talk. Another team that is really doing well, they have a makeup game that we talked about, a game they have to finish with Delaware State, but don't. Get to keep your eyes off of the Howard Bison. 10 and 10 on the season, 4 and 1 in the MEAC. Very talented team. They have uh, one of the top scorers in the nation. In this case, James Daniels scored 24 points, and Damon Collins added 14 uh, with the go ahead bucket with 43 seconds to defeat Bethune Cookman Wildcats 70 68. So that was a big time win by Howard Bison as they are now 4 and 1. They have a couple of games they have to make up. So we'll keep your eyes and see. And playing that many games is going to be a difference in terms of what they can do going forward. They had more makeup games that were played on Wednesday with Delaware State uh, defeating North Carolina Central. The Eagles are struggling just 2-5 and five in the conference. This is a team that has played very good basketball late, but they just don't have it this year. Delaware State improved to 2-4 and four, while North Carolina Central Eagles dropped to 2-5. and five. The score of the game was... The Hornets 71 and the Eagles 60. Also, you have Coppin State defeating North Carolina AT. Coppin State approves to 3 and 3 in the MEAC, while North Carolina AT 2 and 6 in the MEAC. I'll give you one day update on the women's side. Won't get in too much of the talk there, but we kind of wanted to put the sand over the Hampton Lady Pirates. Obviously, just too early to do that. They found their way while everybody started beating up on each other. They're at the top of the conference with just one loss. So watch out. The Hampton Lady Pirates are back in the business of winning basketball games. They sit at 6-1 in the conference rate, 8-12 overall. Behind them, 
is a four-team race with two, with all four teams having at least two losses. North Carolina A&T sitting at five and two, Bethune Cookman at four and two, FAMU at four and two, and Morgan State at four and two. Um, so those are some teams to keep your eyes on. But the Hampton Lady Pirates are getting it done. That's an interesting scenario that I've noticed giving up updates of basketball this year. It's been like the twin bills. For example, in the SWAC, we have Texas Southern men, 7-0, 8-11. Women's side, Texas Southern Lady Tigers, 7-0, 11-6. You go to the OVC, Tennessee State sitting in second place, 5-1, 14-5. They had a tough loss. They were undefeated until they met up with Belmont that is leading the OVC, at least on the Eastern Division. And you have a similar race with the Tennessee State Lady Tigers that were at the top of the division until they lost to Belmont. They also really lost two games this past weekend that shifted them to third in the division. But you see the scenario I'm getting to, 4-3, 9-11. Jumping up, as I told you, Hampton sitting at 7-1 on the men's side for the MEAC, 11-8. Hampton Lady Tigers 6-1 and 8-2. And, and then that's not even enough. You can go to the mid-major program, CIAA, yeah, Virginia Union men. Top of the conference, four and four, eleven and nine, right there, uh, four losses. But they're sitting up there, three and one in the division, which is important. And Virginia Union on the Lady Panthers, they're sitting at two and one. Then you shift up uh, to Benedict on the East Side for the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, men eight and two, thirteen six. The women are really getting done, top in the nation, uh, top five in the nation. Some polls have them as high as one or tied for one. Are the Lady Tigers of Benedict sitting at nineteen and one overall? Yes, they only lost. One game all season, 9-1. and one. Uh, one of the best kept secrets out there, but we're going to get that noise rattling. Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, Talladega played Dillard. They're tied at the top of the conference, 4-1. That was a big-time game. Dillard is now ranked after winning their second consecutive game on Monday, and they defeated Talladega, who went to the semifinals last year in the NIA tournament on the men's side. They're sitting at 17-4, 4-1 in the conference race. Dillard at 12-6, 4-1. But guess what? On the ladies' side, Talladega, <laughs> Lady Tornadoes are getting it done, ranked top 25 in the country at 19. They're 6-3 and 5-0 and in the conference race. Well, one last one to show you. It just seems like this is happening this year. Red River Athletic Conference, Langston men and the Langston women are both sitting in second place at the top of the conference. On the men's side, they're tied 8-1 in the conference of Red River Athletic Conference, 14-4, while the Lady Tigers are at 8-1 and 13-3. And Wildcat. Yep. Did you see the Langston played last few days? Did you? Yep. Any thoughts? Six, six ball players, and trust me, they playing. They getting after it. Four straight wins. Is it, is it the women's side? Yes. The men. So you saw them play St. Thomas? I, yes, I did. Right and who the was their head coach? Cheryl Miller. I made mention. I called some folks. I texted some people. I kept them abreast. And it was all... Folks, the local people. I didn't see any network. It, uh, none of the local news folks were out. You know, we always about helping each other, as we say. At least some, and, some of us. Some of us, yes. <laughs> but as, as, as you say, mentioned often, that care is up to a point. Men's basketball. I would have beat myself to death if that if I'd have known that Sheriff Miller had come to, had come to town, coached the team. And I didn't get out and at least get five minutes from her. It's a worth. It's worth information. It's just worth. Just, just 
priceless information you, that you can get. From Were you me. able to speak to her? Uh, no, I wasn't. Uh, did you hear her swear? Yes, I'm sure she did. Well, and and unlike our friend, she does English better than she does foreign. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you, she still has a intimidating factor toward officials. I that it's a it's Cheryl Miller, and, 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 <laughs> but now, but at some point, you still got to you wearing the stripes and you blowing the whistle. Well, this is true. And you got to do your job. Of course. Now, if if it's going to get physical, let it get physical. But don't just get into a point where you stop blowing or you trying to make up some stuff. I, I witnessed some things. Well, I didn't like what I, what I witnessed. Well, that's not, that's not but good. But as, as far as the game itself, it was good. It was good involvement for, with everybody. Um, she's coaching them. She's getting everything she's getting out of them, and there's a reason why they're ranked. How did St. Thomas look? How did uh, Coach Jay Cross and her her squad? They've look? got a way to go. You can find. Uh, I talked to her post game uh, after the uh, after the game uh, uh, after the game was over with, and we had a long, nice conversation. Um, she was supposed to keep me informed of the schedule. Well, let me. She dropped the ball that, on that. Now, so. let, me, let me reference that. Now, she did say. She's checking on a regular basis. She she sees your uh, information out there, mm-hmm. but like you said, you hadn't come by because <laughs> because she and I was told saying me point, like yes, that. because you, she you, told me point blank that she would keep me informed well, of the schedule of when they play. Unlike as and I was said, she said unlike someone else who's here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm saying I'm being nice about it. I'm being nice about it. She's happy where she's at. Uh, she and I, I asked her about that, just like I asked uh, uh, Cheryl. You know, how does it feel to move from one seat to the next? Mm-hmm. And she, it's different. But she did say though she had some advantages that she didn't have over at, uh, over at Rice. You know, oh, I'm sure she does. <laughs> three sixty five. Yeah, three sixty five every day, all day. Recruits going on. Don't have the restrictions, gentlemen. I'm going to talk about some more women's basketball here, including the WNBA, which, you know, since the comments are no longer part of the league, I've right, yeah. time on. Yeah. But yeah. WNBA made some news today. I'll get to that in just a second. But Really? They had news? This is this is big news, you know, depending <laughs> on your perspective. <laughs> I, I'm asking you to because yes, you, yes, you know, depending on your perspective. But, yeah, in a second we'll get to that. Okay. The NCA announced, women's NCA announced that women's basketball rules changes are reaping benefits, increased scoring, and improved pace of game being noted. How many points were they uh, The most I saw was, what, five? So here we go. Specifically, <laughs> points per team are up slightly from 64.80 points per game to 65.03 points per game. Free throw attempts are down 1.3 per team per game. Hmm. That's not a good thing. And teams are combining to have an additional 1.2 possessions per game with games taking an average of 1 hour 48 minutes to play versus 1 hour 49 minutes to play last season. Now, go ahead. 0.23 <laughs> points increase. That's an increase. It is. That's obvious. We know our numbers. That's what they I'm posted. I'm going to pick on some teams that are ranked in top 25. That's what they posted, man. That's what they posted. Elite teams. January 4th. 
game featuring two top 25 teams. The final score was 49-31. Guess which team scored 31? This is an elite program. Tennessee? One of the elite programs in women's college basketball. Notre Dame? No. Oh, hell no. They don't have problems scoring points. That's okay. Well, that team that has problems scoring points, Tennessee. Yes, and I'll get to that point totals in a second. <laughs> because because that's that, the, that whole conference is, a, is, a, is the issue. But, yes, you're getting close. No. This team scored 31. And then Sunday, this past Sunday, this same team scored 36 and lost to by 20 points. Uh, what team is this, Doc? This is an elite program. LSU? Been the Final Fours a lot lately. Lately? Two famous sisters from this area went to this school. Oh, my uh, God. Stanford? Yes. Stanford. They Stanford, struggled to score 31 points? points. Lost 49-31 to Arizona Ooh. State and lost 56-36 at UCLA. They struggling to score. Oh. They beat USC. Scoring 57 points. Uh, okay. I can imagine that was a nightmare in some, some foreign uh, some, some foreign. So, exchange. yes, they lost to Santa Clara, scored 58 points. Final score was 61-58. Uh, but since you, I'm glad you brought up Tennessee and their struggles. Their, they R, need to, their RPI still is, is like 12, despite but, seven <laughs> losses. But Tennessee, Lady Vols, they scored 53 points. And they lost to Texas. No shame. Miss Texas. Yeah. They lost to Virginia Tech. Scored 43 points to Virginia Tech. No post. Okay. They beat Vanderbilt, scoring 58 points. Thank goodness. Oh, no. Uh, uh, first of all, that was at Vanderbilt. Am I right? No, I was, I was at Knoxville. Okay. Final score was 58-49. So who was it that just beat them that, that hadn't beat them ever at, at home? Arkansas. They lost to Arkansas 64 59. Mm. And teams just, and from, and, what I, from, what I, from what I've read, I've just bits and pieces, teams are just taking their time with them, just dismounting. They're just waiting for them to turn the ball over. Yeah. Right now, Aggies, fourth quarter, because you know women's game, college game is going to fourth quarter. That's, this that's year. true. 230 left in the fourth quarter. AM, number 10 ranked AM, has 50 points. Losing to Alabama 55-50. Mm. Okay? LSU. I think I texted y'all. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. It was uh, the score. They had both teams this third quarter. Teams in the 20s. So. I'm, I'm going to say something. Hold it. Uh, hold it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rice, over the last three games, yeah. They've outscored their opponent in the third quarter. And they've averaged just tw- average. And this is this is a sad part because because you just mentioned that one word that that one set of numbers twenty points in the third quarter, just in the third quarter now. And that's just what ten minutes. Yep. And you just have twenty points <laughs> over a long period of time. And it's that not, it's is not, and it's not like these teams are F2. playing UConn every game. LSU's lost to Texas A and M. 53-35. LSU scored 35 points in a 40-minute game. LSU lost to Vanderbilt, scoring 42 points. LSU mm-hmm. lost to Florida, scoring 45 points. LSU lost to Arkansas, scoring 44 points. So, 
this press release coming out about scoring being up 0.23 points per game must got to be the elite team. That, and I'll, I'll, let me go to South Carolina, who struggles to make free throws. Let me look at their point. And output. I'll see them this weekend. Because Aggie, Aggies host South Carolina on Sunday. I think it's 4 or 5, I think 5 o'clock tip-off. But South Carolina, undefeated South Carolina, in conference play. Yes. Aggies, th- thrilling basketball game. Aggies tied it up late second, committed a foul. That's an un- awful foul, lost the game. Final score in the game was 59-58. Yeah. South Carolina beat Mississippi State, number 10 ranked. Top two, two top 10 teams playing. Final score, 57-51. Okay. It's, it's getting worse. Yeah, that's not. Good. It's getting worse. So it's getting worse. Me, yeah. So the you know the numbers look at it on a, a macro level, but let's look dig into the numbers, and I just don't see it. I'm I'm sorry. You got elite program struggling to score points. If the elite program struggling to score points, what in the hell do you expect the non elite? I'm being kind by saying non elite teams are doing uh, they struggle putting points on the board but you brought up a good point Wildcat Notre Dame at Oregon State two top 10 teams final score was 62-61 and these are games that folks they are not being grinded out these games are not being grinded out literally so they just not I mean apparently if you have games featuring two top ten teams, the top twenty five teams expect low scoring games in women's college basketball. Yeah. But but what's worse about that is right. a, is the field goal percentage. You know, hadn't hadn't had changed. Had, oh, dog, you got to go there because KG and I would tell you point blank, the average over the last ten years has been about see. thirty points. You, a, a, a you can't the only of, two teams in the country that shoot thirty five. Fifty percent. They they a women's game. On an elite level, averages, field goal percentage is around 35 at best. And, and conference play in about 40 at in non-conference. Am I, am I wrong? No. Because it, it, just, it just doesn't change. They, they, they just, they, I don't know what that is all about, but it just, it just doesn't change. Make, making shots. But I want to go into a little bit from the more from the pressure. Now leagues. they do get a better flow just because everybody's starting to adjust to it and all. But games are, are, are get done a lot quicker because before you can look up, game ball game is over, which is I'm, I'm kind of happy about. It. Give you a quote <laughs> from two different coaches. First coach, I absolutely love the format of four quarters. It creates parity in our game. It's fast paced. Our fans are also more engaged, and there seems to be more opportunity to engage fans with a timeout and quarter breaks. What coach said that? And I, I, and I did. She's coaching the one thing that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think now. Not sure. Not sure. Um, I can't think her name now. Um, at Stanford. Nope. Don Staley, South Carolina. Another quote. I am not a fan of the four quarters. I never understood why we changed to begin with. I don't find that it makes the game any more exciting or that it scores any more points through the course of a game. 
It wasn't Coach Black. In fact, I find that, that it statement. disrupts the game as the timeouts are too long. Who said that? It wasn't Coach Black, that's for sure. Uh, you know of her quite well, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, that would be, well, let me just go there. Uh, Coop? Nope. Uh, she did play ball in college. Yeah. Yes, she did. No, no, this one, this coach, I'm saying, uh, oh, okay. this one oh, played okay. ball in college. Oh, okay. Uh, you know her quite well. She's put us on blast before. Oh, man. You know, I can't think of her name now. It's, 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 I see her face, but I cannot think of her name. She's called us out. Yes. A lot. <laughs> A lot. Ooh, Kim Mulkey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Basically told us about a player and we <laughs> we still couldn't get that done. So, I tried though. I tried. So so there is some news about women's college basketball and their increased scoring. And ironically, according to the press release, the SEC scoring in the SEC is up five points per game. Must be involved in the bad teams or something because it's not involved in the, t- the t- uh, elite teams. It is an average. So exactly. WNBA news. You may not hear this. WNBA referred to in a podcast and the rest of the year, but <laughs> is the season of the partners? Hell, I didn't. I don't know. No, they, they, May started they, May. No, that's know, right. I, I keep forgetting. Uh, they don't the have WNBA to. board of governors approved changes to playoff seating and qualification procedures, as well as the postseason format, effective with the 2016 season. What's the postseason format? Beginning with the WNBA's historic 20th season. The eight teams with the highest winning percentage, regardless of conference, will qualify for the playoffs and be seeded based on their record. I'm gonna ask you a question, and now, I wanted to ask them for that on the men's side. Exactly, and I, the, the, I do we're, believe we're, that the NBA is using this as a little a test. test tube to see how it works. Uh, experimentation. Yes, it'll be interesting. So uh, any other parent? format changes? Oh yeah. Well, let me, let me before you get to that. Then uh, apparently, somebody, a lot of teams are starting to uh, are agreeing with that on, because you hadn't heard an out an outcry, you know, against it. Nobody's nobody's spoken up or, or made a stump your feet type situation and says, "Hey." Yeah, the other thing that the women's basketball going on, it just hasn't been ingrained in society for a long period of time, so it's easier to change. Over the last 20 years, then it has something that when you look at the NBA. Now, this says, the press release says that ESPN Networks will feature live telecasts of every playoff game and finals game in 2016. That's a change. Really? That's a good thing. Be a more balanced. That may be ESPN 3, ESPN, you know, kind of, kind of thing, ESPN Watch stuff, but we'll see how that all plays out more. But also a more balanced format for the regular season schedule. The number of playoff rounds increases from three to four. The top two seeds receive a bye to the third round, which is the semifinals. Mm. And the third and fourth seeds receive a bye to the second round. Uh-huh. So that means the first round, you got fifth seed, five through eight seeds playing in the first round. Teams will be reseeded after each postseason round. Wow. Wow. That should make the competition. The first and second rounds. That's a game changer. That's what hockey does. The first and second rounds are single elimination. In the first round, the five seed hosts the eight seed, six hosts seven. In the second round, the number three seed hosts the lowest seed, 
lower-seeded first-round winner and the four-seed hosts the other first-round winner. The semifinals will feature a best-of-five format now. I like that. It's used, yeah. it's finals wasn't conference finals was just best of three. Three, yeah. With number one overall seed playing the lowest remaining seed. The numbers one and two seeds will host games one, two, and five. The lowest seeded team will host three and four. The WMA finals remain a best of five and follow the same two two one format. Under the new, more balanced regular season format, teams will face their five in conference opponents in the following manner. Four games against one team, two home, two away. Three games apiece against the four remaining teams, two home and one away versus two teams, one home and two away versus the other two teams. Each opponent's breakdown was selected at random and will be rotated annually to ensure a fair balance of the schedule. Games against the six teams in the opposite conference will be as follows. Three teams, three games against each team, Two home and one away versus three teams. One home and two away versus the remaining three teams. Whatever. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds <laughs> it sounds interesting. And remember what you uh, that's a, a, a provocative word. Sound. Sound. It hadn't been put into practice yet. So we'll see how it plays out. No, I'm not even going to tell that lie. I'm not going to see how it's going to play out. It's all theory. I may hear about. It, I see. I see it on Twitter. But the chances of my watching the game this season. Remains about the same as me watching a golf tournament that Tiger Woods isn't playing. Well, you know, it, it is what it is. So that that means pretty much zero. But I put it out there because uh, it was tweeted to me, and I just wanted to let everybody know <laughs> that oh, UConn lost at home men's basketball, obviously. UConn lost. You know, I looked at you with that Cincinnati, look. You know, good. Well, nobody in conference is going to be UConn. Yeah, women's you basketball at, team. You looked at this. Don't do that to the listeners. Yeah, man. Don't, don't be doing that. Listeners, if you, don't if be you doing freaked that, out, you should know better. Then no, nobody <laughs> be in conference is going to be UConn win basketball. Don't be well, doing that. Well, you know that. they were going. They ain't going to listen to this and they ain't going to go straight to the computer. Look how it Yeah, somebody go went online real quick there. So, back away. Back away in, from it out. In fact, let me just make fun. Excuse me. Let me just point out UConn's margins of victory. In the American Athletic Conference thus far, thirty-five. So let's see. I'm not, I don't. I don't know the numbers, but let's just give you the scores because. And I'm going to go most recent, which was yesterday, January twenty-seventh. Yep. They defeated Tulsa. Road game, dot. Road game. You expect it to be kind of difficult. Yes. Tulsa. Final score was ninety-four thirty. <laughs> Horror. Horror. SMU. Now you know I was I, I was ninety thirty seven. I was expecting a better game out of them. I, I, well, I don't know why. I, I just was. You, I, you, that's because you're loyal to people on staff. UCF. <laughs> that's true. That's UCF one hundred six fifty one. Temple. Somebody scored fifty. One hundred four forty nine. Yeah, but they, they tried. Memphis eighty six forty six. Ranked South Florida. This game was competitive for a little bit. Seventy-five, fifty-nine. That's the second best team in conference. Hey, two fifty. And that was that was at South Florida. Two fifty. U of H. We discussed previously. Seventy-six, thirty-seven. Cougars did win the first quarter though. Fifteen, fourteen. And when you Tulsa once again. This is at Connecticut. This is the first matchup, January sixth. The final score was ninety-five, thirty-five. <laughs> so they played twice, and Tulsa scored less the second time than they did the first time. Cincinnati. 
So you talk about, I think you, you said 35. I think that margin of victory is closer to 50. Okay. Now, this is referenced back to a conversation you and I had with a, uh, uh, with a coach. We're not saying who, but uh, a question was asked at post game because someone wanted to know why this team was, was beating up another team so badly in the second half. This was during the 20-minute 20, 20 era uh, while starters were still on the floor. And the coach was kind enough to not go off, but to answer the young man's question. And basically said, it is to crush dreams. Crush dreams on the road, so when they come to your place, they won't have any aspirations of, we got it, we had a shot. So let's, let, let's, let's just put that all together and, and try and win one. Yes. Well, that doesn't happen in, that, in, in this particular conference. It, That's not the objective. It doesn't, but reading off those scores shows you how far, far and above the talent level disparity is between UConn and USF and then UConn and everybody else in the American. This is what, year three of the conference? Yes. And the gap is not getting closer at all. And, and it looks like it might be expanding. But, yes. but the worst part about that is that recruiting is not even changing either. I mean, you basically. Well, the, you can say that about a school. I agree. Uh, you, 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 you bring in kids and all that are with aspirations. You come, you show up, you know, we can get this done. Everything's going to be fine. You know, somebody, like Coach said, one of the coaches mentioned all the time hey, somebody's got to beat you, come. Who, who, said, who says that? I'm, say, you know, I'm not sure anymore. When they, when they recruit now, trust me now. We, somebody, somebody, one of these, a couple of these coaches are actually. Doesn't sound like anybody's listening. No, yeah. Who says that? I'm being, I'm being very serious because I said it on podcast, previous podcast. Listen, go back in the archive. I want. There's only one coach I've heard publicly say, my job, and, and she is, she can say it, because when they were in the Big East, she used to be UConn the last few times, on a consistent basis. That's Muffin McGraw. Muff McGraw says we can we can beat UConn. We can compete with UConn. I want to hear other coaches, especially in the crappy American Athletic Conference, do the job, recruit, get better players, coach better. Yep. And I want, if nothing else, start saying, I want to beat UConn. Yes, I know that is a challenge. They are the pinnacle. They are where we want to be, and we are going to knock them off. That's what I want. Until teams in this conference step up to the plate, this conference is a joke. And UConn is wasting their time. Their practices are more competitive than these games in conference. Yep. That's true. So that is a problem. And just for listeners, everybody know, U of H is 0-8 in conference. But Doc, I want you to mark your calendar. Mark your calendar, Doc. Mark your calendar for this titanic tilt that's going to take place on February 3rd. The winless U of H Cougars hosting the 1-8 UCF Golden Knights. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, Be ready for that. Wildcat, will your face be in the place? I probably won't because we have an HABJ function, Houston Associated Black Journalist, that I may attend prior to going to Hall Finals to watch that awesome battle 
Yeah, I'll I, I be here late. I get there late, but I get there. Awesome, I'll get there. Awesome battle of uh, I got a, I got a two struggling franchises. Got a ten uh, on the uh, on the seventh, but the, uh, uh, until seven o'clock. So yeah, I walk in and real quick. Any thoughts on Josh Smith coming back to the Rockets? It was dividends the first game back, and then reality Last set in. Uh, and, and, and there you go. Now my my question is: Is that a? I don't know whether to see that as a helpmate, a hindrance, laugh or cry situation. Is it a panic move? He came back. He, I, I, they, they I, 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 I do believe that now. They I, I for him because their big man injuries were were taking a toll, and Dwight and Morty Eunice and. You know, big man are hurt and needed somebody to manage play the front at, court. at least attempt to play the four or five. They needed some re- they need some 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 real rebound and the stretch. Let me see if I can find this now, thing real quick. I do see it as a as a panic move because of how it happened and what was uh, and what was mentioned in public about you know how, how the transaction went down. Here we go. Josh Smith is four games with the Rockets. 13 for 46 from the field, including 3 for 20 from the three-point line. <laughs> hey, it is what it is now. You knew what you was getting. Yeah, but how do you explain the wins? This bad team they're playing right now? That's part of it. He he is more effective as a facilitator, as a passer. He can pass from the from the uh, that power forward spot. Hollow action. He's a he's a very good passer. One of the things about Josh Smith that is maddening is he takes bad shots. Yes. He takes shots that he thinks he can make, and the numbers, the proof is in the pudding. He cannot make these shots. We you know we bash. I bash critical of women's college basketball. You got NBA players doing the same thing, taking shots they cannot make, and then we're doing the same thing over and over again. Expecting different results, which is the definition of insanity. And at what point do you reel that in? I mean, as a coach of uh, 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 Doc Rivers traded him, the Pistons cut him, <laughs> ate their sa- eight salaries, let him go. And see, that's re- that, that's my point. Sure it is. That's my point. And that's the second time that's happened with this franchise. But and it's weird because Daryl Moore and the Rockets, Rockets staff. Are numbers people, but now Josh Smith, the numbers should tell you he's not a great player. He's not running the same numbers you run. Uh, clearly, clearly he's not. <laughs> well, and, and now I'm a, I'm a he has a minus thirteen point three per one hundred possessions in the four games. Because they get analytical about a lot of things. Points worse than off the court. Because they post some stuff on the scoreboard the other night as I was watching. I was like, "What? What was that?" <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's player being in position, catch, shoot. How long it takes one to get the, 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 the get into a rhythm? You know, it's, does it get into a flow like everybody else when they're in transition? And I'm like, "Okay, that's just too many numbers that don't add up." Literally, and the Rockets had won three in a row before last night when they got smashed by the Tim Duncan list Spurs. One thirty to ninety nine. Now, the worst level of basketball. Now I'm gonna yes. And now I'm gonna ask this question: different opponent. (laughs) How are they gonna resolve 
their defense issues because I still say, after you told me what you told me a, a while back, they're about a playoff this, team. And, and, and folks, I'm going to tell you, he will, he will tell you, I kept asking that question through the rest of the game when he told me that we were, watch, we were watching a men's basketball game. I still can't believe it, but it being what it may, how do they resolve their defensive issues to extend they them? Won't. Just, yeah, I don't think they can do this. There is the seventh seed in the West, okay. 25 and 23. Most likely they'll lose Friday night to Oklahoma City on the road. Yeah. Be 25 and 24. Get beat down bad. But Again. They, but they are three and a half games ahead of Portland in the eighth spot. They are not going to – chances are they are not going to fall out of the playoffs. Sacramento is three and a half, and they're playing better. Marcus Cousins is putting up just monster numbers, 30 and 10 for January. So there's a chance that the Kings may go on a streak, but they've lost two in a row. I mean, Marcus Cousins scored 56. Monday, and they lost in double overtime to the Hornets. Well, so the Rockets are not the Rockets are a mediocre team, but they are a playoff team. Now, how much is this bothering the guy that signed the check to see the team regress like they are right now compared to where they were last season and just and made a real move? I'm, I'm sure he's pissed off, but once again, he brought back Josh Smith. Daryl Morey tweeted out when they, when they acquired Josh, reacquired Josh Smith. Okay. Band back together. The band is back together. That's what he put on Twitter. What else could he say? He hoping for hope. Is he, hope, is he, he hoping? hoping. Be, That's right. He's hoping. It, now, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to ask it just like this. Is he hoping beyond hope or is he just hoping? Either one of them is not good. And, and, and that is what should bother the folks that are sitting in the stands, it should. But apparently it's 13 13-46 from the field last four games. It's four games with the Rockets. Josh Smith, 13-46 from the field. Three for 20. 23 point attempts in four games. That's five a game from a guy who cannot make. He's not a good three-point shooter. But let me find a quote. Let me go to the Houston Ron Barbie Facebook page. <laughs> and and real, see if I can do this real quick. We wrap up the podcast here. Quote from uh, interim head coach JB Biggerstaff after the Rockets win, won a home game. One of the games, you know, Josh Smith didn't shoot well, but he passed the ball well. <laughs> and he did he did other things well. Here we go. One of the things we've been able to do with Josh. We understand Josh, and his teammates understand him. And Josh wants to hoop. That's where the problems come in. Because if he doesn't get to play, like any competitor, you want to play. And you've proven you can play. So for us, there's a fit. And Josh and I go, go back a long way. We have a good understanding of one another. End quote. Okay. All right. Teacher, student, but like Coach Wooden says, student must be willing to listen and learn for so, you to teach. I mean, there is, and I, I, I and, and as a person that has been on both sides, when you you can ask any teacher, they'll tell you in a heartbeat, Doc. If the yeah. student not ready to listen, 
I can't do anything with you. Can't, you, can't, you can't help Yeah, I can't teach want to. And that is, and so my, I'm asking this question, I'm asking a lot of questions today because. And I refuse to drop. <laughs> and Doc, and on your level, they paying you instead of you, instead of just sitting up in the classroom. It, it, so it, it, they are at a, dis- a true disadvantage at that point. That's why I made a concerted effort to move from teaching at the secondary level to the higher education level. Yeah, I got I think you. both of them are great opportunities to teach and you can touch a lot of people. But I needed to be in a place where um, teaching motivation yeah. Mentally, was, what the, the, was not part of right. uh, the chore. That they have to come in with some level of motivation. I I do understand the importance of making sure uh, that I make the classroom a great learning environment, and I relish the opportunity in a lot of ways to make it exciting. And I definitely do my best to do that. And as far as I can tell, from my teaching evaluation, students would just suggest that exactly what I do. But uh, it's just different at the uh, secondary level, particularly in um, different school settings. All right. All right. With that, gentlemen, how yep. do folks find y'all on okay. the internet? You can find me uh, at uh, AKSV, VCSR, Blogger, TweetDeck, uh, and YouTube, SoundCloud, Jerry L. Whitley Jr., J. L. Whitley 1, at Facebook. And Twitter. Doc? You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Similar to Jerry. You can find me at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Look for some intriguing things coming out of the classroom. We'll try to introduce some social media platforms about maybe some guest lecturers and things of that nature. If you want to get a different perspective of what goes on in a higher education classroom setting particularly looking at sport management hopefully we'll give you an opportunity to look at that but for those just want to stick with your sporting information i understand that and we'll definitely deliver that to you so you can continue to follow me on facebook instagram or twitter at dr kenyatta cavill d-r-k-e-n-y-a-t-t-a-c-a-v-i-l again hit us with your interest on t-shirts if you want to get into just hbc sports you can come along for the ride with Dr. Ville's Inside HBC Sports Lab as we mix it up on all things HBC sports and the business setting, which is the only show that does that out there looking at sports, particular HBC sports from a business perspective. Um, so tune in to KCOH Radio, 12.30 a.m. We might have some news of that being updated and changing for you, but just... Tag along and we'll make sure that you get that. You can do that on TuneIn app if you want to listen to it yourself. And type in KCH, you'll find it right there on your iPhones, iPads, or all your different social media devices, galaxies, and all that kind of stuff. Android. Androids to make sure we get it all out there. Or you can also catch me on the podcast if you can't catch it live every Tuesday from 6 to 7. We'll give you an update on SoundCloud at Dr. Ville's Inside HBC Sports Lab where you're able to listen to the show on the go at a comfortable time of your desire. So, again, please follow us. Keep us updated. And just want to say thanks to the listeners.
And I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review website, www.houstonroundballreview.com. YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review. Instagram, Houston Round Bar Review. Look for a picture of the t-shirt on uh, Instagram at Houston Round Bar Review. Listen to our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on uh, Facebook at the KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc Facebook page. I'm also on Twitter at the HR Review. Getting ready, starting to do a little bit more studying and prep work for my upcoming trip to NCA headquarters for the participation in the men's NCA mock selection exercise. Got a partner. We got our got our assignment, our three conferences, and my partner is a bracketologist uh-huh. who uh, covers uh, Indiana basketball. So we've already begun uh, emailing back and forth, exchanging our information and thoughts on teams, at-large teams, and teams to consider which is part of our assignment we need to bring, we were asked to bring to uh, the selection exercise. We have that already done. So looking forward to that. Uh, you. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time, your insight, and your knowledge. Where's the beef? I'll kind of tell at least was the inside story of that later. But, yes, there will be some beef on display on signing day, <laughs> February 3rd. Yeah. It's going to be a big day for a lot of schools, Where's especially the beef? one school that is my alma mater, the University of Houston. We'll see where they end up That's finished ranking, thing to follow. ranked um, in the national recruiting websites. I'll and be interested to see what uh, the uh, uh, coach, uh, coach, uh, coach Haywood would uh, bring in. Based on Twitter, he's doing, some, he's doing some good things yeah, for TSU. We'll see, and we'll have that announced for Texas Southern and Prairie View to keep you updated on your local HBCU front. So we got you covered. Football, basketball, yep. other sports as well. Yep. Men's and women's basketball. We do yep. that. We do everything here. Yeah. The and we're about to get in that softball and baseball here down the road. Thank you very much. Looking forward to that, too. So, yes, because U of A softball yeah. pitches and catches were at uh, the men's game last night. You Started know, practice. Doing one timeouts. Practice has begun. Yeah. Doing a little promo work. So, it's good to see them. And let me tell you, the pitchers were popping them gloves, tossing to the catcher. They were pitching during one of the breaks. You could hear the glove, the ball pop. You know what? I'm gonna ask you this question because since I went down, we both seen what I, what what Angel Champlin was capable of no, doing. No one, nobody, nobody like that. All right, nobody, nobody, hey, nobody like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't hear nobody popping a glove like that. No, uh-uh. that's a different type of pop. Yeah. And Doc, let me say something. She was special. Yeah. Doc, we talking about from the knees. We ain't talking about this, this on the, uh, you know standing up. We are talking about from the knees that's getting it done. I understand. Woman. That doesn't yeah. just happen. Because that's. That's, that, that may be one of the problems that Coach Hollis is, is uh, yeah. trying to correct. Need to, need to find another Angel Sambling. So good luck with that because he's, she's one lifetime. Yeah. So, but, but you can try. So you can always try. And keep trying. And, and U of H baseball team is ranked again in another yep. preseason poll. So got big things going on. Baseball's where it's at, college baseball here in town. Yeah. Oh, show. yeah. Uh, thank goodness that. Rice, uh, U of H, and TSU baseball are, are where it's at. You know? And uh, thank goodness that. Rice started, you know, made a change with Coach Graham. U of H made a change with uh, uh, Coach Whittington. Mm-hmm. And TSU made a change with uh, Coach Rob. Yep. You know, it's, Coach Moon is the only one that's, that's still at the same at the ham. He paid off dividends for all this. Oh. Names. You know, and all three of those coaches are getting uh, – well, I take that back. All four of those coaches, all four of those programs are getting kids to the next level. And notice, Doc – Wildcat. Yep. I bought a baseball. 
Okay. Yeah. I did that. Which tells me. So let let y'all know. Let y'all know. Credit okay. to you. Credit to you. So yes, you, did. you, you, and, pay, you paying attention. And, you you, you may not be, look be, like it, but you paying honest. attention. Let's be honest. In terms of the professional teams in Houston, the team that's on the upswing is the Astros. Yes, no question about it. It ain't the Texans. And that will it be ain't the Rockets. Before long. And so pitchers and catchers report in three weeks. So if I ask this question. Who will legitimately have a, make a a true upward swing and not just settle for where they are? Well, it, should, it should be the Astros. Astros, yeah. Astros or the Rangers are the best team in the West. Well, that is. I agree with that. So, wrap it up with that on a, on a baseball note, okay? And, and remember, just like he said, KG brought all this up, folks. Doc and I got a partner now. I won't go that far. <laughs> I won't go that far, but I probably will. You ain't gonna buy tickets. If buy I get tickets, tickets for, if I get tickets, you 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 go to see who? Astros. No, no. I'll go see you race baseball. Okay. I may go see. Well, no, right, all right then. Yeah, okay. I may go see them. All yeah, right, but I'm okay. not the Astros. Yeah, I, now I will tell you, Sundays are at HBU is not bad. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say that. I haven't got nothing me. I'm yeah. gonna say that. I may go see baseball. Coach Boone, yes, yeah. I mentioned that. <laughs> so college baseball, I may go see. Yes. All right. Okay. That's but that's good though. That's good. That's good. So, listen, thank you very much for your time. Uh, retweet the links to the podcast when I post them up. And place your orders for the T-shirts. Wrap it up as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.